Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Pats Cast. As always, I'm your host, Stephen Newman, and today I will be discussing the Patriots' big 45 to nothing victory over the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. Uh, I'll walk through how the game really was decided very early and, and how, without even looking at the scoreboard, in all honesty, you, you could tell pretty quickly how this game was going to go. Um, of course, I'll also uh, walk through how specific players, specific position groups performed a, a little bit in terms of snap counts, but not as much this week because uh, it got a little out of hand and that caused players uh, to get a rest late in games late in the game, really, uh, which affected snap counts. Some guys weren't as high as they often are, and others were higher than normal for that reason. But I will get into that as well. And uh, where I see the Patriots now and where I see them going forward, uh, specifically uh, in terms of entering their next game, which I'll get into at the end of this episode. So first... We'll talk about the game and really how it started on on Sunday. The tone was really set on the very first drive. Uh, the, it was a 13-play drive that resulted in a Cam Newton rushing touchdown. So on that drive, uh, the Patriots threw three passes. Uh, two of them were to running backs. Both of them were complete. The only other throw was to wide receiver, actually Jacoby Myers, uh, incomplete. The 10 other plays were all runs. The running game was really successful. Just that, that first drive alone, they they had their way in the running game. And again, two passes to running backs as well, including one to Damian Harris, which you don't see a lot. So at that at that point, to, to me, it was, it was pretty clear uh how the game was going to go because you had I mean the first drive alone uh, Damian Harris had seven touches uh, the one catch and six rushes Cam Newton ran the ball four times as well um, and it, it like it's pretty clear uh, from that point that that was going to be the formula and they weren't really going to deviate um, it's one of the things I, I always am interested in to to start games with the Patriots. Like if they, whether they go directly to the run and have success with it, which they normally do, but specifically if they look to establish the run right out of the gate, and if they do, it normally means good things. That was obviously true in this game. Um, but overall... Um, Obviously, it was a great game for the Patriots. Uh, they played well on offense, not spectacularly, but they played well. Obviously, the defense played really well. And I'd argue that probably the the most important, the, 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 the part of the game where they had the, the biggest advantage was the, uh, the, the, the hidden element, the special teams. It's again. It's it's an area that a lot of teams. I wouldn't say teams ignore it, but it's it it never gets the kind of attention that 
the offense and defense do until it starts resulting in touchdowns. And that happened a couple times in Sunday's game. But start with I'll start with the offense in this one. Run through it a little quicker than normal because, again, there's not a ton to talk about because everything went pretty well. Um, honestly, we'll start with quarterback. I, I'd normally save that for later, but we'll start with quarterback. Cam Newton was 12 of 19, 69 yards, and a passing touchdown. No interceptions. Only sacked once as well. Uh, also had 14 carries for 48 yards and two, touch, two touchdowns. Um, just in terms of yards per pass attempt and even yards per rush, it honestly wasn't pretty. Uh, he's about three and a half uh, per pass and per rush, which is particularly per pass attempt is really low. Uh, but again, it's it's efficient. He he completed right at two thirds of his passes, threw a touchdown, didn't turn it over, and was only sacked once. And in the running game, yeah, okay, he wasn't super efficient in the running game either, except he had two rushing touchdowns. So you're never going to complain when your quarterback accounts for three touchdowns and doesn't turn the ball over. That's really the way that Cam Newton has to be evaluated. How many times is he scoring versus how many times is he turning it over? It doesn't really matter how those scores come. If they're not through the air, they're not through the air. Uh, part of his value is in the running game. It's, it's a big part of his value. And it's something that gets ignored a lot. Um, he actually did as well look a lot more comfortable as a passer in this game. Uh, at times, I- I'm critical of him as just a, a thrower in terms of arm strength, accuracy, as well as just footwork and even decision-making. From week to week, one or more of those areas can look a little questionable. Didn't really happen in this game. Obviously, he only threw for 69 yards, so, I mean, it it wasn't an amazing game as a passer by any means. But, I mean, he looked solid, so... And obviously, a lot of his throws were shorter throws, but he d- he did everything he was asked to do as a passer. Really, um, obviously, not every pass was a completion, but he really there's really nothing that can really be complained about. So I won't. Um, should point out, um, and it wasn't until the very end of the game, but Jared Stidham did come in. It was two for three. For 61 yards and a touchdown. Uh, we'll get into that play again uh, shortly. But it's great showing for, for Stiddy. Uh, Studdum, as many people call him. But yeah, it, it's definitely the best performance he's had as a pro so far. Granted, he's never, he's never played in a full game. He's never even played, I don't believe, even a full half uh, it's always really just a handful of throws. The only time he, he got any considerable action was in the Kansas City game, uh, probably about pushing two months ago now when Cam Newton didn't play and Brian Hoyer got the start. In any event, it was a, a much better showing 
albeit a short one for Stidham, than he's had up to this point. Um, skip to the running game, uh, which I touched on to, to start this all off. Damian Harris had a really nice game, 16 carries for 80 yards. Um, also had that catch for 15 yards that I mentioned. Um, so you could argue, I guess, that he was on pace to, to, to run the ball more times than he did. So they kind of weaned off of him, which to a degree is true. Uh, part of that is also, again, that uh, the starters uh, got to rest in the second half, really. So had they left him in the game as long as they could have, you could have been talking easily 20, maybe 25 carries. Uh, it was kind of by design. Um, talked about Cam Newton in the running game. Sony Michelle had 10 carries for 35 yards. Should point out as well that he started the game hot. Um, it, it fizzled a bit, which kind of stinks for him because uh, he, he was looking to, to gain some momentum in order to stay on the field, really, uh, as, the, as the season moves forward. Uh, so to have ended on a bit of a sour note isn't, isn't great. Um, he did have a catch for 23 yards, though, which is very new for Sony. Uh, he, he looked more than competent. He, he looked actually good as a receiver right there. Uh, so uh, take it for what it's worth. It's one catch, but it's, it's a new development, I guess you could say. Uh, Dante Moncrief did also have uh, one carry on an, an end around. It picked up a first down. It only went four yards, but it, it, it did the job. That's all you were looking for in that spot. Uh, receivers? I mean, there wasn't a lot in the passing game. Uh, there were only 14 catches for 130 yards for the team as a whole. So, I mean, there, there's not a ton to distribute around here. Um, James White led the team with three catches. Only amounted to one yard, though. Uh, other than that, you had Demir Bird, Nikhil Harry, and Jacoby Myers, the top three receivers, uh, all had two catches for either 15 or 16 yards. The winner, I suppose, is Harry, who also had a touchdown to go with that. Um, just to uh, touch on, again, snap counts are a little skewed in this game. But Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, Nikhil Harry was the order again. Shouldn't be a surprise at this point. But even, my point is that even with guys getting to rest, uh, the, the pecking order still stayed the same. Uh, you also had... Uh, Gunnar Olszewski, I, I should point out. Uh, he's the guy that had that that one touchdown from Jarrett Stidham. It's a 38-yard catch and run. Uh, showed off his wheels a little bit. Uh, really good game for Olszewski, and you're probably saying, okay, he had one catch for a touchdown. How's that a big game? Uh, he also played a huge impact in the, the punt return game. He had uh, three returns for 145 yards total. Uh, including 
a 70-yard touchdown. So a huge game for Gunner, who was, I'll be honest, I'd been critical of Gunner Olszewski in the kick and punt return game. He's since lost kick return duties, just a punt returner now. And even in that role, he was, uh, I mean, he hadn't been great there either. He, he took a step in the right direction last week. I touched on. He almost had a long punt return touchdown in that game. Uh, got called back because of a penalty. Uh, he did it for real this time. So, and again, I don't want to make too much out of it because the Chargers aren't good. They're terrible, in all honesty, on special teams. But but Gunner made it hurt. So, great great game for him. Not going to discount that whatsoever. It was, it was a really solid showing for him. Obviously, I touched on the, the catch that Sony Michelle had, as well as Damian Harris. Uh, tight end Ryan Izzo and fullback Jakob Johnson also each had one catch on one target. Um, I mean, they didn't have to do a ton because the Patriots didn't throw a ton. That The Patriots were committed to winning this game by running the ball. Um, among other things, but on offense specifically, running the ball. Um, offensive line we'll touch on as well. Uh, it's it's pretty much as expected. Uh, you, you, I mean, you know who the starters are. Uh, looks like Jermaine and Luminor at left tackle more so than Justin Huron, although he'll rotate in a little bit. And then you have, obviously, Joe Timmy, David Andrews, uh, Shaq Mason, and Michael Owenu the rest of the line. Uh, they also all had very good days, with the exception, I suppose, of Owenu. But all things considered, even he didn't have a bad game. The rest of them, so Illuminor, Tooney, and Andrews, the three guys on the left side of the line, uh, didn't allow a single pressure. Uh, they didn't allow anything uh, to uh, the the Chargers' uh, defensive line, uh, the the guys that were on them. And that's also probably the weaker side of the Chargers' defensive line anyway. But still, no pressure at all. Shaq Mason gave up one pressure, uh, nothing that amounted to anything, just a little, little tap of Newton, basically. Big deal. Um... Owenu gave up a little more. He, he he was the primary guy who went up against Joey Bosa. So that's understandable. Uh, the fact that he didn't give up a sack is probably the most notable thing. Uh, because Joey Bosa is a freak. And Owenu is a rookie. A sixth-round rookie at that. Obviously, he's played really well. but But we can't forget that this guy isn't supposed to be doing what he's doing. And every week, I mean, he, he does something that he's not expected to, on paper, not expected to do. And that holds true again this week. So he certainly, again, deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, pretty clear, uh, given that, it's pretty clear that you, you, you're absolutely comfortable with him at right tackle. Uh this season and really beyond as well, because I mean, let's face it, Marcus. Do you really think Marcus Cannon would have played 
that well against Joey Bosa? Like, I definitely don't. So, uh, not, the stat sheet isn't going to necessarily show it because he gave up some pressure, but still a really good game for Owenu. Uh, Sony Michelle actually technically gave up a sack. Uh, it's one of those things where it's he's supposed to pick up a guy that uh, was otherwise unblocked by the offensive line because sometimes when a team blitzes, you just can't pick up everybody. Technically, he didn't do it. Uh, it happened to James White last week as well. So running backs in that sense are sometimes left out to dry a little bit because you can't pick up the guy every time. Like, I I guarantee there were a couple times when Michelle did it right. Same with James White last week. It it just happens. It's it's a tough job. Um so I won't I won't kill Sony for that. Um can really move to the defense now. Um obviously when you pitch a shutout, it's obviously a really it was obviously a really good game for the defense. Uh, and especially considering how much I talked up the Chargers offense, um, Justin Herbert, I said it, he he was going to break the, the curse of the, the rookie quarterback going against the Patriots and had the potential be, to be the next Patrick Mahomes. It didn't look like that on Sunday. He completed just under 50% of his passes, Barely over 200 passing yards. Um, and he threw 53 passes, too. So it took him 53 passes to get just over 200 yards. That's It was below four yards per pass attempt. Didn't throw a touchdown or run for a touchdown, for that matter. But more notably, he didn't throw for one. Also had two interceptions and was sacked three times. Um, that's... Worse in really every category than I expected. So, yeah, that's just really, really surprising to me. But it's it certainly speaks to how well the the Patriots defense played and can play broadly. Uh, yeah, the Keenan Allen, we'll go to him uh, just to... Uh, further speak to that. I talked him up too as one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, the Patriots held him to five catches for 48 yards and obviously no touchdowns because they didn't score um, on 11 targets. Mike Williams got nine targets, uh, only caught four of them for 43 yards. Uh, Jalen Guyton did his thing a little bit, had two catches for 38 yards, 19 yards per catch. Didn't give up a, a really big one, though. That's that's what's important. Uh, Austin Eckler did have four catches on nine targets, only 32 yards, so nothing huge there. Uh, there's really... Hunter Henry only had one catch, uh, and he's really their number two receiver. Held him to one catch. Uh, really, really strong game for the Patriots defensively. Just in coverage uh, is really what I guess I'm speaking to, towards right now. Um, Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson, and this comes from Jeff Howe of The Athletic, uh, held their receivers that they, that they were directly accountable for to three catches 
on eight pass attempts uh, for 34 yards. Uh, also had a pass breakup and an interception. They absolutely won the battle uh, between them and really solid receivers, which says obviously says a lot about how how good they are, how good they can be, and it, at times haven't been, but have the potential to be. Um, yeah, re- really strong games for them. Uh, Jonathan Jones, while I'm on it. He played he played well too while he was in the game, but he came out of the game fairly early. Um uh, for the most part um well, Jason McCourty too, but Miles Bryant actually took on a bigger role as uh, Jones is really most direct backup at, in the slot. Uh so he he wound up playing quite a bit. Um, was actually on the field for just under half the defensive snaps. Uh, and again, some of that is you got into a blowout situation, so you could put him on the field a little more than you otherwise would. But he was still on the field a good bit uh, prior to the the Patriots starting to take guys off the field. Um, so definitely... Definitely a step in the right direction for him, uh, especially considering uh, the two of them, Jones and Bryant combined, neither one of them gave up a catch um, as the really the primary slot defenders. Uh, obviously, I did say Jason McCourty played a lot. He's actually he actually played the most snaps of any player on defense. Uh, granted, it's only by a couple over a handful of guys, but he was on the field more than anyone else. Um, you had... Actually, if we're sticking with the defensive backs as well, uh, special teamer, safety, but primarily a special teamer, Cody Davis, had a blocked field goal attempt that of the uh, Chargers. It was, it was a long attempt right before halftime. Uh, Devin McCourty scoops it and takes it the other way for a touchdown. Uh, actually, I saw too that according to Next Gen stats, Devin McCourty uh, topped out at over twenty one miles per hour on that touchdown. And I, I, I'm not huge about that stat just in general. Like, okay, you, you ran fast. It didn't really mean matter all that much because there was no one around him. He just decided to run fast. But it speaks to, I mean, the guy's well into his 30s, and he's still really fast. Uh, it's, I, I don't know how much that's necessarily worth, but um, if you're into that, it's the speed's still there for Devin McCourty. Um, we'll go to the defensive line. Uh, they played really well. Um, again, according to Jeff Howe of The Athletic... Um, well, first of all, Adam Butler, Lawrence Guy, and Dietrich Wise, who were essentially the three primary defensive tackles, uh, each had a sack. Uh, Chase Winovich and Josh Uche, according to, to Howe, uh, each registered three quarterback hits with an additional pressure. Uh, they were just uh, menaces uh, as uh, pass rushers getting into the backfield and uh, rushing Justin Herbert. Um 
Winovich also had an interception in this game, the first of his career. Um, my overall takeaways in terms of the defensive line outside of it just playing really well is that uh, Josh Uche is becoming a little something. I, like Obviously, I already had a feeling, I already had a strong sense that Chase Winovich was going to become something uh a really good pass rusher, a really good all-around edge defender, even tackler, uh, rusher, everything, just an athlete. Josh Uche has quite a bit of that in him as well. Uh, And, I mean, you could almost argue that he's slightly more impactful right now than Winovich was last year as a rookie. Uh, you're kind of splitting hairs there because Winovich was pretty uber productive in a limited role last year as well. But Uche looks really good right now. Um, and it's it's looking like in the more obvious pass rushing situations, uh, the, the Patriots are going with, uh, so Butler and Wise, at least, at least on Sunday, it was Butler and Wise at defensive tackle with Winovich and Uche on um, each edge, the defensive end spots. Um, and it's working. It's it's working really well. Um, that might actually be the the biggest development for the Patriots on defense is, is really honing in on who those who those pass rushers are in those key situations. And it's led to the emergence of Uche, which was kind of bound to happen but at the same time I don't know that the Patriots had that strongest sense of exactly what they were going to ask Uche to be as a player uh, he had the ability to play as a true linebacker even an inside linebacker uh, or obviously on the edge like he is now um, just a versatile player and they kind of let uh situations and the opportunities they were then able to to put him in determine where he was going to play and it's becoming clear that it's going to be as an edge rusher and it's looking like he can be a really good one um I don't know necessarily if that's the role he stays in long term Uh, they could use him a little bit like a Jamie Collins Dante Hightower where they they move guys around a bit uh or they could just keep him there um that that decision will come down the road, but for now, I think they're they're going to keep him where he's at. Um, but yeah, really, really good game for the defensive line for the second week in a row. Uh, the the stars of it were a little different in this game than last week when it was more the defensive tackles. Although again, the three primary defensive tackles each had a sack in this game, but I'd argue that Winovich and Uche had the better games. Aside from the uh, the type of stat that that most people keep their eyes on, which is sacks, Winovich and Uche were more overall disruptive. Uh, either way, everyone played really well. Uh, go to linebackers. Adrian Phillips had twelve tackles in this game. I know. Again, I talk about him like a linebacker. He's technically a safety, but you know the drill. He's really playing, really playing as a weak side linebacker. Uh, this is also a 
um, a revenge game for him uh, because uh, prior to signing with the Patriots this offseason, he'd been with the Chargers previously, and they basically said, we don't need you. So you had to know he was going to come out fighting. Uh, and, I mean, he, he certainly played well, led the team in tackles. Uh, Kyle Duggar, uh, speaking of those box safety types, uh, also has six tackles in this game, as did Jawan Bentley, who is playing really well right now. Uh, everybody's been critical of him earlier in the season, and it, it was justified. But the last two weeks, yeah, he's been, in each game, the Patriots' highest-rated uh, defensive player, according to Pro Football Focus. And this week, he graded out as a 90.4, I believe. Uh, anything over 90, PFF uh, considers elite. So take that for what it's worth, but Jawan Bentley was arguably elite in this game. Uh, he played really well. He's He's definitely... I don't want to say for certain he's improved, but he's at least performed better in the last couple games. He And he probably has improved just with experience. Uh, Therese Hall, I mean, he's still doing his thing too. Five tackles, had two pass breakups as well. Didn't play a ton until um, later in the game. It was mostly Bentley early and then Hall later once starters started coming out. But I mean, you're not going to complain about the way Therese Hall played either. If you can have your two inside linebackers playing as well as Bentley and Hall are right now, you're thrilled. They're not, they're not sexy names. Uh, they're not those, those star types that everyone fears. But the way they're playing right now, is it's really good. So got to be pleased there as well. Uh, like I said, overall, the team played out of its mind, really. Um... 45 to nothing really tells you that pretty pretty clearly but yeah, really strong performance and the Patriots are coming on strong now they've won two games in a row last week against a, a real solid Cardinals team and then this week against a respectable Chargers squad um so they're up to 6 and 6 now they're at 500 again. I say again, it's been a long time since they were 500. But uh, that obviously keeps them in the playoff hunt, as I discussed previously. They are still two games shy of a wild card spot, and there are only four games left in the season. So, I mean, that makes it tough. It's not impossible. Saw a graphic on... I believe NBC before the Sunday night game uh, that gave the Patriots a 21% chance of making the playoffs, which isn't great. It's it's better than it had been. Um, yeah, it's, it's improving, and they're certainly staying alive. Um, I'm seeing a lot of things on the field that are really encouraging. And I actually didn't even touch on Anthony Jennings playing 61% of the defensive snaps. Obviously, 
there's some of that's again in the in the blowout uh, situation, but I mean, still he he was on the field more than a lot of other guys, uh, well over fifty percent, obviously, and he's got a core role on special teams as well. Uh, so, I mean, him and Uche, uh, after not playing much to start the season, uh, they're coming on strong. Obviously, Kyle Duggar is essentially doing the same thing. Um, yeah, it's just a lot to like about uh, what you're seeing right now. They're really starting to unleash the younger players. Uh, the, the more... Um, explosive, more dynamic players. And I think it's helping everyone, uh, including the corners, uh, Stephon Gilmore, JC Jackson in particular. Uh, obviously, they, they've had their moments all season, but uh, I think a better pass rush and better play on the second level of the defense is certainly helping them too. It's, it's making their jobs easier. Uh, so... That's obviously great to see, and you, you see it even on offense uh, when you're talking about, obviously, with Damian Harris. I think uh, having Sony Michelle back helps, too, um, and I did not touch on, actually, and I meant to, I didn't touch on Dalton Keene, who was at tight end. He, he was activated off IR ahead of this game. Obviously, he, he wasn't targeted as a receiver. He did play quite a bit. Now, part of that is because Ryan Izzo left early with an injury. And, I mean, it was late in the game. You got the blowout stuff that might have happened anyway. But, I mean, he looked really good. There were multiple plays where you saw him uh, blocking an edge rusher. I remember one in particular against Uchenna and Wosu. Uh, he just bullied him to the ground. Like, he just... he he. He was shoving him five plus yards downfield until he eventually just fell over. Like, that's that's what you like to see from a tight end that isn't involved in the passing game. Uh, granted, I think Keen absolutely can and should be involved in the passing game, but if he's not going to be, you at least need to see that from the guy as a blocker. You haven't gotten that from Izzo. You get it from Keen. Um, and I think Keen's more versatile anyway. I think he's a guy you can play at fullback a little bit when you want to. You're probably not going to if Jakob Johnson is healthy. But who knows? Maybe the last couple games of the season or something like that, you start experimenting with Keen some places and in some different roles. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know yet. And I'm not really going to nitpick it because it's a really good game for the Patriots. And they got Keen involved, at least back on the field on offense anyway. So, but just some things that maybe you could start seeing in the coming weeks as well, uh, as well as the, um, the guys I was talking about on defense that are already trending in the right direction, but I, I expect that to um, kind of continue. Uh, one thing I want to touch on real quick before I jump into the Rams game coming up next. Isaiah Ford was, well, released, uh, because uh, they the Patriots elevated Dante Moncrief from the practice squad to the active roster for good reason. Dante Moncrief has played well. He's not a starting wide receiver for them, but he's probably their fourth, at least fifth, 
wide receiver. Probably fourth, though. Uh, and he's also their go-to kick returner. He didn't wind up having to return a kick in this game just because uh, kickoffs didn't really happen. Uh, only one time all game for a touchback. But, yeah, no, that's to say really that he has a major role on special teams. I, like He's on the field for 38% of special teams snaps. Um some of that, well, one is a kick returner and others just as a coverage guy. And was also on the field for 22% of offensive snaps. I mean, he has a role in, in both of those uh, aspects of the game. Isaiah Ford was going to be similar as a receiver, as probably like the number four receiver. Hadn't carved out a role on special teams yet, though. And I mean, that gave the edge to Moncrief. It does sound like, however, the Patriots, uh, just based on what Belichick said about him in media availability uh, Monday afternoon, um, it sounded like, he, I mean, he said that they're, they're kind of monitoring the situation with him and would be um, at least open to bringing him back. I forget the exact wording of the quote, but it, it very much not only left the door open, but... I felt like hinted at them bringing him back onto the practice squad, which would, I mean, I would really like uh, being a Virginia Tech alum and having uh, been in school with him for three years. But it also just makes sense. Um, I, I think you could pretty easily argue that he's as good a receiver as Nikhil Harry. Um, I don't think he's much worse than Jacoby Myers either. Demir Bird's kind of is his own thing uh, as a speed guy. But, I mean, putting him on the field, I don't feel like is a downgrade from other guys. And all he's got to do is have a couple good practices when those guys aren't as good. And maybe he overtakes them. Uh, and obviously, he's one injury away from getting on the field as well. So... Yeah, I think that'd be really smart to do, but obviously we'll see in due time whether it actually materializes. So now we'll jump, though, into the Rams game, which is actually the Thursday night football game. So they've got a short week coming up, and they're staying actually in Los Angeles. They're, they're staying, um, they're practicing at UCLA's field, actually, um, Bill Belichick's a little buddy-buddy with Chip Kelly, the head coach there now. So uh, they, they worked out a deal to, to make that happen. But anyway, just speaking on what the Rams are as a team, uh, obviously a really good team, 8-4. and four, But uh, it's, it's hard for me personally to really uh, fall in love as much as I probably arguably should with their offense uh, just in uh, rela- um in relation to how productive it's been only because I-, I don't really have a ton of trust in Jared Goff at quarterback uh, statistically he's been uh either pretty good or almost really good uh he's completing over 64% of his passes. He's on pace for about 4,500 passing yards. He's got 17 touchdowns to 10 interceptions right now. He just, to me, lacks 
the the real kind of poise that you want in a quarterback, and it's something that you saw uh, to a great extent when the Patriots played the Rams in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, Goff looked almost incompetent, honestly. Um, and he he makes mistakes. Um, obviously, he's he's putting up decent numbers this season. I just I don't know. I'm 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 just not crazy about him. Um, I'm not crazy about their running game either. Now it's actually been decent. Uh, the the bigger issue they have there is uh, really deciding who their their top running back is, and really just in a broad sense, their even their running back rotation. Uh, theoretically, it's uh, Daryl Henderson is their top running back. Um, for the bulk of the season, it's been Daryl Henderson. They've used Malcolm Brown as kind of a third down back type, uh, somewhat a pass blocker, but also, I mean, he'll get some short yardage carries and occasionally a reception, things like that. Like he still produces a bit. Um, occasionally they'll kind of flip that. And for most of the season, it had been Cam Akers as the pretty clear number three guy. Um, that... Uh, seems like it's kind of flipped lately, um, and I'm not. I'm not entirely sure the rationale for it because again, it's 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 not as if Daryl Henderson, who was a second round pick last year, has played poorly. But Acres Cam Acres had 21 carries. For 72 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, but he was clearly the top running back. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to get a read exactly on what they're doing at that position. So I won't necessarily read into it right now. Because uh, they'll they'll just change their mind. I, I could, you could pick any one of the guys and... Um, I mean, it's pretty much an even chance that um, any one of the guys is going to be the number one back in a given week. Uh, but Daryl Henderson, statistically speaking, and in terms of volume, uh, generally is their number one running back. Um, I don't know. Uh, regardless, uh, they're all relatively similar. They're kind of... I don't want to call them short and stocky, but that's essentially what they are. Um, yeah, I mean, they're all like 5'10", 5'11". Henderson's actually only 5'8". So in that 5'8 to 5'11 range, 2'10 to 2'20". I mean, that's... In terms of, of frame, it's a lot like a Deion Lewis, but... Uh, they're not they're not as explosive as Deion Lewis. Uh, if you think back to the Patriots of a few years ago, um, regardless, I mean their running game is fine. It's it's more just unpredictable and not in the smart, just change of pace kind of way that makes them all better. They're just all okay, and it doesn't really make a difference which ones in the game. 
in any given situation. Um, none of them have had a huge impact in the passing game either. Um, it's really, to me, offensively, the, the guys that you worry about are the uh, their top two receivers. Uh, bearing in mind that I, I don't love Jared Goff, but when Jared Goff has good games, in my opinion, it's because of the receivers. They're good route runners, and they have good hands. It's Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Uh, they're, they're somewhat interchangeable in their roles. Uh, generally, it seems like it's Cup that plays in the slot, but they'll move that around a lot. Woods can certainly play there as well, and even their third wide receiver, Josh Reynolds, uh, can as well. Reynolds, in fact, has really kind of emerged as, um, I'm, I'm not going to say a great player by any means, but he does uh, have over 500 receiving yards already in 12 games, which, I mean, it's going to put him on pace for about 700 yards. That's that's more than respectable number three wide receiver numbers, and you didn't exactly see it coming. Matter of fact, they drafted uh, Van Jefferson out of Florida this year, and I think the thought process was that Jefferson was going to be the number three receiver. Uh, Reynolds has fought him off and actually had himself a really solid year. Uh, but again, it's obviously Cup and Woods that have some separation over him. Uh, each of them have over 70 catches for uh, over 750 yards. Uh, they're probably both going to get to 1,000 yards uh, and maybe 100 catches as well. Um, really good receivers. Um, yeah, it'll be a, a really interesting matchup, the two of them against Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. Um, obviously, I'm already kind of showing my hand at um, the... Uh, wide receiver cornerbacks matchups that I do in my preview episodes, but it's not really a secret. You're going to see that. Uh, they have a couple decent tight ends as well, and Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. Um, so that's something the Patriots will have to respect in this game, that at times they don't, and they very rarely also have to account for two tight ends. Uh, that, so that's certainly something. Like They'll put both of them on the field at the same time a, a fairly decent amount, uh, not uh, sacrificing snaps for a guy like Reynolds, but you'll see two tight ends from them more than a lot of other teams. Uh, in terms of defense, I mean, if, if you follow the NFL, you know all about Aaron Donald. Um, he might be the best... Uh, defensive lineman, defensive player, maybe player period in the NFL. Uh, he's he's really good. Um, at defensive tackle and through 12 games, he has 11 sacks this year. I mean, he's, he's going to end up with 15 sacks. I think it's, um, that's really what he's projected for, but it almost feels like it's safe to say that he'll get 15 sacks. Uh... I guess the issue with them to an extent is that they uh, haven't given him a ton of help. Actually, I take that back. Leonard Floyd has seven sacks, so he probably he there's a good chance he gets to double digits. Beyond that, though, they haven't really. 
which isn't the end of the world because, again, you already have 11 sacks from Aaron Donald. But, I mean, overall, their pass rush could be better. Um, But, I mean, it's still still problematic. Uh, The good news for the Patriots is that they're pretty strong, um, really across the offensive line, but particularly the middle three of Tooney, Andrews, and Mason. So I don't think it's as big a problem for them as it is for a lot of other teams. But other than that, um, I mean, there's nothing super flashy about their linebackers, but they're productive, Um, whether it's, I mean, really any of them. Uh, At cornerback, they are, I mean... They're really solid there, too. I will say that I think Jalen Ramsey gets a little more pub than he deserves. Really good player. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of people try to talk him up as possibly the best cornerback in the NFL, and I I don't really see that. Uh, But he's really good. Uh, They've started to use him a bit in the slot, although I actually think that gets talked up too much, too. Uh, I mean, even if you just look at where he's listed, he's an outside corner. And when I've watched him in games, he's, I mean, he's a guy that'll shadow a star receiver if he goes into the slot, but the bulk of his reps don't really seem like they're coming in the slot either. So, and I mean, that, that makes him a tough matchup too, because again, he can travel into the slot and you can trust him there, but yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't go too crazy about him. The Rams, if you remember, and it's not that significant in terms of uh, their rotations right now, but they are the team that picked up Derek Rivers off waivers a week or so ago when the Patriots uh, got rid of him to make room for essentially Sony Michelle. Um, and then didn't really play him. But anyway, that's uh, just a reminder that that happened. Um, overall, obviously the Rams are a really good team. Uh, everyone knows that. But I don't think they're unbeatable. Um, and the way the Patriots played on Sunday, I mean, if you play that well, you can beat anybody. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm certainly not going to pick the Patriots to beat the Rams, but crazy as it sounds, I wouldn't be stunned. I think they have decent matchups everywhere. Like I talked about, they've got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. The Patriots have Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. The Rams have Aaron Donald. The Patriots have a solid interior offensive line. Uh, I mean... The Rams have Jalen Ramsey. I mean, okay, the Patriots aren't going to throw the ball that much. Like that's not they're not winning games because they're throwing the ball. So that kind of negates him. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, and again, short week. Although that applies to both teams. But yeah, I'll leave it to that. We'll see. Uh, that uh, content wise really wraps up all I have for this episode. Just a reminder again. This game is the Thursday night game, which means 
it will start at about 8.20, I think 8.22 Eastern is the official start time for Thursday night games. Um, it'll be on Fox as well as um, NFL Network uh, from Los Angeles. Um, yeah, we'll see. Could be It could be a better game than you think, but... Uh, I mean, obviously the Patriots need the win to stay um, at, and in this case, over 500 and in the wild card hunt. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see for sure in, in due time. Uh, I will have a another episode of the Pats cast that will come out in this case on Thursday morning ahead of the Thursday night game. Um, I'll also, and I do already, have an article written as a recap of the Patriots win over the Chargers. You can catch that on my blog site, which is smnewman48.wixsite.com slash sportswithsteven, which is where you can find all of my Patriots content, past, present, and future. Um, as always, I will embed this podcast episode into that article and the article into the show notes and description for um, this podcast episode. Uh, if you want to uh, follow the podcast uh, more directly because you, um, I guess you, you like my episodes, uh, the things I, I share, this specific episode maybe, um, you can and should subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to them, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, the list goes on. It's out everywhere. Uh, you can also feel free to rate, review the podcast. Five-star ratings are great for podcasters like myself. And if you want to follow me, uh, you can go ahead and do that at Newman Patscast. It's N E W M A N. P-A-T-S-C-A-S-T. A Uh, a lot of times I will tweet stuff there uh, that I I can't get into the podcast for various reasons, Um, such as uh, every every day uh, I post out the the Patriots injury report or some sort of news related to the Patriots that that, uh, in terms of timing just doesn't make sense to get onto the podcast. So, I encourage you to follow me there as well because I, I'm I'm doing good things on Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, that'll that'll wrap up this episode of the Pat's Cast. I thank you all for listening. Hope to have you all back in the future. Peace.